We interrupt this broadcast to briefly plug the Enjoy an Album Patreon. If you like us and want more of us in your ears, then you can simply pay £5 a month and get two extra bonus episodes. Christopher, what else did I get? Ad-free episodes. You don't need to listen to this shit. That's right. Also, uh, exclusive pre-show, pre-sale access to stuff, our live shows. I did it for my tour. Chris didn't organize it, couldn't, I don't think. But anyway, we get extra stuff. Um, also, you get access to the backlog of episodes. If you're all caught up somehow to all of the public episodes, there's like, pff, how many Patreon ones now? Like, what, I say 15, but that'll increase. 15? Every- you think there's only 15? We've been doing two a, a month for a year. There's a lot I more made that. a collage of all of them once, uh, and it was more than 15 now that I think about it. Yeah, and that was a while ago, so there's been some since then too. Give me some Patreon specials off the top of your head. Hamilton. Hamilton. The Darkness. Yes, that was a good one. Ed Jer- Sheeran. Jerry Cinnamon. Jerry Cinnamon more recently. Jerry Sucker Balls. Um, I'll give you an example of what we thought of that. Uh, so yeah, there's loads of stuff in there. It's £5 a month. Uh, we The Ultras are... Um, wonderful people um they sleep well at night they have beautiful skin and that is as a result of listening to two extra episodes of the podcast a month so sign up now patreon.com forward slash enjoy an album hello and welcome to enjoy an album with liam with now and christopher macarthur boyd this is the intro i know what i want to talk about in this intro uh this is liam with now and christopher macarthur boyd aka apparently beavis and butt problems Beavis and butt so, problems. From... A little bit of context here, okay? I haven't spoken to you about this. This was crazy. Like, I remember I was walking home oh. from the stand comedy club after performing on a Friday night, as is my want, and... Feeling like a demon. Do you know what? It'd been a really good night, actually. I'd done two shows mm. back to back. I was walking home. I just love... It's like just a really nice feeling, isn't it? Like you you have a really good gig at your local yeah. club, and then you get to walk home, and you have a good glow. You're, you're just glowing. Uh, you're, you're positively vibrating with the yeah. energy of the universe, right? And I put on some headphones. I thought, I'm going to listen to one of my friend's podcasts. So I put on What's the Script um, featuring oh. Steve Buchanan and Stuart McPherson, a couple of good lads, or so I thought. And if you've never listened to What's the Script, basically they try and guess the plots of films they've never seen before. So on this particular episode, they were chatting about Oppenheimer, Right. Yeah, uh, and the first half of the episode is them trying to guess what the plots are. That was recorded way back in the Edinburgh Festival, and the second half of the episode was recorded in January or something. So I was listening to this in the middle of January. So I'm I'm yeah. walking home, listening to a funny podcast about films, and what should I hear? Uh-huh. But a six month old riff about me, <laughs> where the two hosts of this podcast. I'm making fun of my haircut at the Edinburgh Festival. Can you imagine <laughs> how bizarre that is to experience just when you're just like putting on a podcast to relax and suddenly you are the subject of the podcast host's ire. It's not nice. It was, it, I've, been, I've been slagged off on a few podcasts. It, it w- it's it, not nice. I mean, I can't imagine how Barack Obama feels when he listens to this. <laughs> He's like, Melania. <laughs> So I thought, White I thought that was quite weird, right? A bit of a unique experience. Not many people, realistically, a very small percentage of the people ever alive can say they've put on a podcast to accidentally hear themselves being slagged off. Can you just reiterate the slagging and also why you think you were slagged off in that way? Okay, so 
uh, I've been growing my hair for a couple of years, and yeah, and there came a period <laughs> when I had long hair when I wasn't sure necessarily how to wear it in a uh, fancy fashion. You know, mm-hmm. recently I've learned the curly girl method is what works for me. That means yeah. using curly shampoo and anyway, uh, wavy, but okay. Uh, well, yeah. it's called the curly girl method, though, regardless of the uh, of the outcome. It's not, it's not called the okay. wavy girl method. Should you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> anyway, I was I didn't know this when I went to have my photo shoot for my Edinburgh Fringe, so I just straightened my hair, okay? So that's why on all my Fringe posters, which I'm still, you know, I'm going on tour, still using the same posters, I have very straight hair. Very straight, very which straight. Which I think probably wouldn't look weird if I just always wore my hair like that, but people are just so used to me wearing my hair up all the time, you know? That it's yeah. a bit jarring when you see someone. It's like I don't know if I if your fringe poster was you without glasses, mm-hmm. it'd be like what the fuck is that? You know. You're right. I think if you're an advert for something, you should look like the thing that you're. This was my mistake. Okay, but it was too late. I was there. My hair was straightened. <laughs> I had these pictures. They went to print, and now I've got big billboards all over Edinburgh of me with straight hair. Okay, I wasn't that happy with it, yeah. but whatever. It's fine. The sh- Big, shiny, straight hair that looks unusual for you to yes. have. Anyway, S- Stuart McPherson <laughs> commented that he thought I looked like the Pokemon Jinx. Yes. <laughs> so he said this to me. And look, listen, I can... One of the best slaggings ever because Jinx is quite an obscure Pokemon. Um... Listen, I like a laugh as much as the next guy. I love to have a I, laugh. One of the best things uh, yeah. you can have. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm fun, right? I'm a fun guy. And I'm not above uh, having a, a, a light <sighs> ribbing from a friend in public. Sure, yeah. right? Yeah, sure. So I remember, Stuart said that to me and we had a good laugh, right? I'm like, bloody hell, yeah, I guess I do look a bit like Jinx. Classic japes from you, Stu. <laughs> And then six months later, I put on a podcast and I, I, I hear him repeating the slagging to, to Stephen Buchanan and them having a good old giggle fit for a few minutes. As I'm walking home, my, my good glow feeling completely dissipating. So you, that's bad enough. And then but a week later, I'm on a train traveling down south yeah. for gigs. Long, you know, we spend a lot of time on travel, you know? Dude, I've been on tour this week. I've been sticking on what's the script and some laughs. And it's myself, a nice way yeah. to unwind on a long journey, you know. Uh, Listening to your friends interview wrestlers and Phil Ellis is, is nothing better. Absolutely. Is there? And imagine my sh- shock when I open my <laughs> podcast app and I see it's my good friend Christopher MacArthur Boyd is a guest on one of my favourite podcasts, Some Laugh. Wow. All of my yeah. good friends in one place... That's, I mean, that itself is a unique experience that I get to have. Oh, there's a parasocial relationship with podcasts whereby you kind of feel like you're in the room with the hosts and you end up feeling like they're friends, even though it's very one-way traffic. Well, with this, with me, it's not one-way traffic. These are my friends. I'm just listening to them having yeah. a fun conversation. Wow, what a delightful experience. And then I listen, <laughs> and once again I find that I am the subject <laughs> of a mockery. No, we're just, we love you, and, you know, that's how men, sh- listen, I don't want to talk about men's mental health, but, because it's so important, I don't want to dilute mm. it, but men do be like that, you know? 
And and this in in this instance, you were referring to me and you as beavers and butt problems, and you were yeah. suggesting that in the future I might have a robot anus installed to to, to fix my disability. I yeah. think the is that not fun for you? Well, to hear it's that? um, I guess it is. You know, you speak about this. So it is a man, like it is a way of how men bond, isn't it? By sort of, um, you know, ribbing each other. They're normally in the room, though. You know. <laughs> We know you're going to hear it eventually. <laughs> so, um, it's like if someone posted in the Edinburgh's comedian performers group about someone else, they know that that's going to get to them eventually. Wow, so Christopher is, is giving a, a little reference to some, <laughs> a little bit of drama that's happened within the Edinburgh Scottish comedy community that <laughs> I'm certainly not going to speak about any further, but, uh, fantastic, fantastic. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> We're just making each other laugh here. We're just having a laugh. So, um... (laughs) Nothing wrong with having a good some laugh. Here. Listen, uh, uh, that I just wanted to get it off my chest. So, do you want to slag off Steve and Stu just no, now? I would never do that. I think Stu I would th- hear. I, th- I think I Stu think would that, hear it. Maybe. No, I don't want to do that. I think that's. Mm, I think it's, uh, that, that would be petty. Stephen Buchanan drinks tea like a cat. <laughs> and the only Stu. person I'm comfortable slagging off on this podcast is Roscoe. <laughs> yeah, he gets it pretty tight um, as as he should. Um, he says he's going to kick my head in if we do one more podcast and I had to break it to him that I do I'm going to do loads of podcasts yeah. probably um, strange little goblin sex boy so uh, it's getting a lot hornier these days and it's really listen we've got a bit of a different episode this week um, <laughs> if you haven't noticed <laughs> This is a fucking airing of grievances. Yeah, that's here, it. We're, uh, we're, we're, we've got a list together. Um, no, it's going to be a bit of a different episode this week. Basically, um, Christopher and I have both been on tour the last few weeks. It's been pretty crazy. Yeah. So we've got a bit more of a, a bit of a chill, chilled, laid back. We're going to do some music news. We're going to talk about some of the new releases we've been listening to recently. Sort of a, sort of a yeah. little nugget, little album nuggets. Um, we're experimenting with we're a new experimenting format. sexually. Um, uh, we're trying new things. It's always good, especially now you're in your thirties. Phoning up Roscoe, see what he's had tattooed on him recently. Copy <laughs> yeah, of that, and then know. go. That actually seems illegal. I'm not going to do that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that seems uh, so it's a, it's a hey, it's it's like enjoy an album after dark, you know. Um, with with. I think that's happened before. I think we've said something like that before. <laughs> uh, that was uh, the potential name for a for a format that we spoke about, but have never actually done publicly. Oh, uh, but this is the this, well, maybe enjoy now after dark. I'm just I'm just spitballing. That yeah. as is the very nature of after dark content. If you're listening in the daytime, <laughs> that's fine. It's dark in your brain. You, yeah, you're about to take a one way trip to the time world. <laughs> yeah, we're going to send you to sleep. So uh, enjoy the episode, and, uh, and, and we'll see you after the sting. Um, and love you lots. Yeah, welcome to Johnny March. You're listening to Enjoy an Album, the podcast where two comedians listen to some of the greatest albums of all time. Welcome back to Enjoy an Album After Dark. Um, After Dark. It's the two boys. We're hanging and banging as per. Uh, We're not covering one album this week. We're going to do a few different things. We're going to chat about a few different little... We're pulling out and we're cooling. 
Absolutely. Um, so first thing to chat about, which is pretty exciting for for us, um, is uh, we have been nominated for. We are coming up in the world. The, uh, a Chortle Comedy Award for Best Podcast, WTF. Um, that's crazy, isn't it? With, WTF with Mark Madden is not nominated. Yes. It, so um, that's pretty cool, isn't it? I mean, so that's a few things we've had recently. We were in the list top uh, 100 at number 11, mm-hmm. the Hot 100. Mm-hmm. Um, Just missed top 10. The, I don't know if you know this, but uh, the, the List magazine actually printed it uh, something again this week saying like podcast of the week about us. Um, they yes, did. they did. Um, those boys love us. And girls. Yeah, thank you, The List. Uh, thank you to The List, boys and, and girls. And then Chortle put us in their... Uh, the, nominated for best podcast at the Chortle Awards. Pretty cool. And Christopher was nominated for best club comedian at the Chortle Awards. Yes. Also, we should explain Chortle um, to the listeners. Chortle is a... If you're not in the comedy industry, you might be like, what is that? Is that good? Is that cool? No, it's not. It's a blog run by an (laughs) incel. Um, (laughs) But but there's, you know, awards are nice. (laughs) Yeah, sure. (laughs) Steve's alright. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. I was so excited at the fringe because I finally got a four star review from mm-hmm. Choro, which is quite hard to get. Do you know what I mean? I um, well, and then, yeah, you got one as well. Whatever. And I got one for a straight stand up show, which is very difficult mm-hmm. um, compared to, you know, awards bait, as some people call it, not accusing you of anything. Your show is fantastic mm-hmm. and has features many. Did you not have to leave Indians. five minutes in to, to, because you were crying so much during my show? <laughs> I remember that. I was un- I was unrelated. Was it? <laughs> I needed a shite and I was right. crying. Yeah, <laughs> which is the, that's the tagline of my show. <laughs> Imagine sitting next to tag. Yeah, that's the tagline of your life. I can't. <laughs> It was, so next to Tati McLeod, imagine if she saw me crying and then I left and then I came back and she was like, oh, what happened? I was like, I had to go for a shit. Did you go for a shit? <laughs> no, you didn't. I just cried outside and came back in and I cried afterwards. I was so shocked when I was um, on stage and you were sat there and I, was, I, I didn't see that you were crying. So I just saw that you left after five minutes. I thought, that rude motherfucker has pretended to come to my show and then he's gone for like a phone call with his agent or something. He's gone for a wink. <laughs> he's, just, he's just gone to jack off. He's jacking he's off. He's so horny. He can't handle it. Stood next to Steve Bajier guy. He has to go jack off. Um, anyway, uh, anyway. We've, been, we've been nominated. Um, I, um, By Chortle. And I'll just say, I got a four-star review. I was delighted. And then the next day, one of the most prolific infamous sexual criminals in comedy mm-hmm. which is uh, a high bar by the way so hard to do they got a four star for their oh i'm back and i'm not raping anybody anymore type show and i was just like oh, fuck off steve yeah. but now he's nominated me for best club comedian which i'm not a club comedian that's a classist thing none of the people who are nominated are really what do you mean you are a club comedian they? you get in clubs all the time i get in comedy clubs all the time but there it- it's a very cl- it's a classist. Um, uh, yes, but there is a delineation between Susie McCabe got nominated. She plays the King's Theatre regularly. She just tours. She's been on sure, Question Time. Sure. She's been on Live at the Apollo. Kerry Pritchard McLean tours theatres constantly. Yeah. Directs fringe shows. Fucking has a radio show in Wales. Does Live at the Apollo. All this type of stuff. How are they club comedians? They're fucking. 
proper, not that club comedians are proper comedians, but you know that sh- this type of award should go for people who are fucking, you know, in the clubs, in the clubs, in the fucking yeah, mines. yeah, 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 yeah. But it just means you have an accent as you're a club comedian, and it feels shite that I think a you, I think award. you, I think it's fair enough saying that you're a, a club comic though, because you, yeah, because I'm shite. But other people who've been nominated, uh, you're up in the club for fifty the cent, you know. Bottle full of bad, my <sighs> mind got what I need. I, I, I want to have sex, but I end up making love. Come give me a hug. I ain't into making love. I th- is that what it is? I, um, I ain't into making love, so come give me a hug. Yeah, I, I, you know, do you know no, what? I think you're I'm right. I'm not actually going to sit here right now and claim 100% um, accuracy on 50 Cent lyrics from 20 years ago. For sure. You ain't going to get I me on that one, Chris. Okay? I see a little trap that you're laying for was. me, and uh, you're gonna, you have to get up pretty early in the morning to get me. I ain't into making love, so come give me a hug. I thought he was like asexual or something, and he wasn't interested. <laughs> Do you think Fifty Cent is asexual? Are you kidding? He's like a he's like a walking, he's throbbing cock. In the no. club, Fifty Cent. Uh, l- Welcome to join up. Lyrics. Um, uh, I'll tell you right. We should do Fifty Cent. And we should review Blood in the Sand, the the video game you done for the PS2. Um, so come give me a hug. I, I I'm into having sex. I ain't into making love. I mean, yeah. I'm into having sex. I ain't into making love. So come give me a hug. So come give if me a hug. If you're into getting rubbed, Whoa. so he wants to dry hump people. But that that is counter. That, that goes against what he no, said a moment ago. I think he's manually frotting people there. I think he's touching them. Find me in the club, bottle full of bub, it says. Bub, short for bubbly. I always assumed it was bud, as in Budweiser. (laughs) That's what he's bragging about, having a good old (laughs) ice-cold bottle of the King (laughs) of Beers. Come come over to me. I've got a bottle of Budweiser if you want a sip. Bub. (laughs) Wise. (laughs) A little bit of the bubbly. A little bit of the bubbly. You can't uh, quote that, Christian. Who else has been nominated for the Chortle Awards? Um, and tell me if for the podcast. Tell me stuff. if you've ever listened to these. So we have three bean salad with Mike Wozniak, Ben Partridge, and Henry Parker. Packer. Henry Parker's cool, Parker. man. Big, big, I'm a big. I don't. I, I know Wozniak. I don't really know these other dudes. I don't know their podcast. Is it? Uh, do you know it? <laughs> Never listened to it, but big, big Henry fan. All right. He's really good. I don't know if you've ever seen him. What's the f- what's, what? He's, he writes for Michael McIntyre. And his stuff is like really well constructed shit. Okay. Uh, really Born funny. yesterday with Alexander Bennett and Andy Barr. I know Bennett um, from from years yeah, ago. Yeah, um, He's been around for donkeys from years ago. Yeah, well, he's he's like he's like me. Oh, he's been around for fucking ever. Do you know what I mean? He's just like a good act who's just been around for ages. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Born yesterday. I know. Do you reckon yeah. that's a Beatles themed podcast, or it's just like a vaguely? <laughs> do you think it's past themed? I, I think it's getting to do with um, uh, yesterday by the Beatles. As made famous in the Mr. Beatles. Born yesterday, and it's an ABBA Beatles pod mashup. That would be good. I think it's like, hey, listen, I wasn't born yesterday. Maybe it's like, oh, if you were born yesterday, this is me, obviously. This is kind of like, what's the script of a podcast? Yes, yeah, but we're never going to find out the answer. <laughs> <laughs> what's the born yesterday? I don't know. I don't know what that could be. Um, where there's a will, there's a wake with Kathy Burke. Wait, the Kathy Burke? The Kathy Burke, a.k.a. Fred and Perry. We're not beating her. She's winning. She's Kathy Burke. She's. Have you ever yeah, seen Nil really by Mouth good. with her and Ray Winston? Directed by Gary Oldman. Neil by Mouth. No. Oh, my God. That sounds good. So, Gary Oldman had a very traumatic upbringing, and it's about... Um, it's kind of like a 
semi-autobiographical. His sister's little Mo and the yeah. EastEnders. Uh, and, and it's a kitchen sink drama. And I mean kitchen sink. It is is Ray Winston beating the fuck out of Kathy Burke for two hours. It is heavy going. Beautiful movie. Yeah. Um, and then there's Northern News with Amy Gledhill and Ian Smith, uh, who I, I know both of them. Very funny. So it's actually Very it's, funny. It's a pretty strong category. So if yeah. we win, we have to celebrate somehow. Are you going to go down? Are you going to go uh, down? To the Chortle Comedy Awards. Unfortunately, yes. I'm performing in Red Car that evening, so I won't be able to make it. Red Car? Yes. It's near. What's that? It's like near Hull, I think. The Is Laughing it? Pug Comedy Club. You wow. Never heard of it, bro? <laughs> Who books that? A pug. Yeah, but I, 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 a pug with a great sense of humour. Um, <laughs> big pair so of unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to make it down to the uh, Industry Wank Fest that will be the Chortle Comedy Awards live. I would um, love to meet Kathy Burke. I don't think she's going to be there. No. Um, so no uh, by the time this episode comes out voting will have closed so nothing Mm. else you can do about it as fans um, other than fingers crossed see if we win if we don't (laughs) maybe post some hate mail to Steve Bennett please firebomb (laughs) Steve Bennett's house (laughs) I want that cunt's bedroom to be like Dresden okay I want someone who's in Steve Bennett's basement to write the next Slaughterhouse Five about the experience of surviving the Enjoying Album firebombing campaign on Steve so, Bennett's house. That's all I'm going. That's all I'm going to yeah, say. No, you just don't give you don't give the game away too much. Uh, you know, just so so it goes. If you know what yeah, I'm saying, yeah, yeah. If you if you're picking so up what I'm putting for down. Sure. Uh, Asterix. So, He's a real Asterix. Hold that guy. So we should explain as well why this is not the usual album catch-up and it's just two boys uh, uh, just chatting in the way that we do. We've both been away doing crazy stuff. Um, I th- yeah. I t- you went to Zurich to uh, perform uh, stand-up uh, in one Zurich. I didn't go to. Um, I went... I kept this... If, if you're listening to this and you're wondering why I'm saying that where we rice my own, he's laughing. It's because I kept, I thought he was... He's do, he did a tour of Europe and I thought he was going to Zurich and I just thought that was so cool. To go to Zurich and do stand up there, so I kept saying to people, "You know, he's going to Zurich. That's so cool, isn't it?" And they they were like, "That is cool." And then you kept saying it wasn't. So I've been yeah, saying it's, it's, it's not Zurich. Or what? I tell you, I went. I went to Amsterdam, uh, Eindhoven, Lisbon, mm-hmm. Lisboa, wow. what me and the locals call it, uh, Athens, Pasta Dignata country, uh, and Oslo. That's two places that were featured in uh, Yorgos Lathamanos's. Um, poor, poor things. Brilliant non-Scottish film. Poor things. Yes, I uh, I, I ate uh, four pasta di ognatas in one day and felt very sick. Um, I went to. Did you? Did you feel bad? Yeah, I ate three in a row, and I mean, look, I'd, have you been to Portugal? I've been to Nando's. Right. Have you been to Nando's? First off, Nando's is actually South African. Um. They just have acquired a Portuguese aesthetic. <laughs> what? <laughs> we talking about? Is that yes. true? Yes. It's not a South African restaurant. It's uh, it's owned by South Africa, but that I mean, if a South African company started the chosen chain of Asian noodle bars that are in but, service but stations, Perry Perry Chicken a, is not a uh, Portuguese invention. It's a South African invention. But is this like, I mean, I don't want to get too political, but is this like how Currywurst is like a t- 
Turkish invention. It's like an Ottoman Nando's is a invention. South African multinational fast casual chain that specializes in, it says, Portuguese flame grilled peri-peri style chicken. But I was sat with some Portuguese people in Oslo the other day who were chatting shit about Nando's. And they were saying it's not Portuguese yeah. at all. So that's straight from the horse's mouth. That really fucks me up. Yeah. Anyway, I... Ha- I anyway, three pa- I went <laughs> to the Pasta Donata place in uh, in Lisbon, Lisboa Square, and um, I bought six to share mm. amongst the other people I was touring with. I thought it'd be nice, um, but then I sat and ate three, one after another, and they're big. The, the OG ones. I'm not talking about your Nando's Pastel Donatas. Okay, what are you talking about? As if they're because they're authentic, they're bigger. As if the bigger something is the more realistic it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah they were they were huge. How big were they? Uh, they were probably about the size of. Um, I'm holding up a a Palmer's cocoa butter formula. They're probably about. Like, nobody knows what that is. What? Nobody Everybody knows what who's that got is. who's ever had a tattoo knows what this is. In the last year before, until Bepanthin was overtaken by this new modern nonsense. Is, is over. It's in the mud. Um, anyway, three in a row, and I felt very sick. That's the pretty much the end of the story. Um, I, I, uh, two days ago, I ate three uh, pastas in a row. And I wasn't in Portugal. Yeah, in a row, yeah. I bought four because you can only buy them on delivery from Nando's in a pack of four for a tenner. And then I thought I would give one to Frankie Cocosa. He wasn't interested. And then the tour manager, I was like, oh, maybe she'll want one. No, I, I ate four. Did, that's very similar to what happened to me, day. except I didn't actually offer them to anybody else. I just sat, I just sat and ate them all. I did have a similar story when I was in Cardiff last week. I went to that place in Mermaid Key that does Welsh cakes, and I got three hot, fresh Welsh cakes with chocolate chips dusted in sugar, and I had one, and I thought, I'll give these, but then it was so hot and delicious, I just ate three, and I ate all of them. Yeah. Uh, What's wrong with this, <laughs> Well, um, not to give the game away, but uh, I think we're going to be back in Pastel del Niata country maybe soon. Keep your eyes Pioniata's pastel. We eat at Nando's sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Keep your Nyatas crossed. Um, spent a lot of time uh, on these flights, guys. and that gave me a good opportunity to listen to some music. Um, what you've been listening to? So uh, I thought this could be a fun thing for us to, to chat about. This is by, this is why, by the way, we should say the reason that we're doing this more chilled episode is because we've had these crazy tours, and we we didn't want to just rush an album episode, so we thought we'd do a more laid back one, and we could chat about maybe some of the new music we listen to so i've listened to a bunch of stuff so far this year that i've liked maybe not so liked i mean there was the one that was a hot discourse which i think we should do a full episode on but i listened to the mm-hmm. uh the last dinner parties album yeah who did that hit you you know it's all right yeah but that's it and it's often the case with these things so uh, for anyone who's not aware of the last dinner party they are the buzz band right now you know Right now, they're the wet leg of today. Yep, and they got they were picked up super early, like before they had released their first single. They were opening for Rolling Stones on tour. That's a little bit of a so, you know that's what this, and so they started. Know, there's that's one way of framing it. it you know. It's there's been a, bit, a lot of discourse about whether or not they're nepo babies or an industry plant or et cetera, et cetera. So there's you know high stakes. Their first album, you know, they're the big buzz band. And uh, some review sites insta tense, you know, the album the album really? has done pretty well, and then Pitchfork dropped uh, six point five, I think, maybe lower. Yeah, 
the crazy thing about Pitchfork is, uh, you know, I saw somebody in, a, in another website go, oh, look, this band got a, a, an 8.0 or something five years ago. And the crazy thing about Pitchfork is the writer doesn't do the mm-hmm. number. All anybody cares about is the number, but that's what the editor does. The writer writes the whole review, then the editing team go, we've got too many 8.0s this week. That's it. This could maybe be more of 7.2. And then, you know, all the all the people go, what the fuck's this number about? The fucking writer didn't write the number. So, yeah. That's crazy that the editor, the editor was like, okay, let's, uh, let's give him a 6.5. But, I mean, based off the review, I mean, the, the idea I imagine is that the number has to match roughly what the review is saying. Um, and yeah. the review was saying, look, this is fine. This is fine. It's not worthy of the buzz, um, which is kind of how I feel about it as well. There are some good songs on there. Um, mm-hmm. it, they're, you know, pretty charismatic band. They're definite poshos. Hundo P. Do you know, that, that, whether it's good or bad or whatever, and over the last couple of days, I've just been thinking about this and I'm just going, do you know what? doesn't matter if something's good or bad. I just don't want to hear from posh English people just now. Yeah. In my head, I'm listening to stuff and I'm like, yeah, I like this, I don't like this, whatever. I'm just fed up at that point of view being so dominant in British society. Everything, you know, you look at the podcast charts and stuff, it's all fucking posh cunts, posh cunts, posh cunts, posh mm-hmm. cunts. And I just feel like very similar in my firebombing campaign on the, the ch- chorter letters house. <laughs> I just want to start <laughs> setting cunts on fire. And yeah. listen, you know, I, I'm just fed up of that being the dominant um, it's <laughs> point mon- of view. It's monocultural, it's isn't it? Across. It's like... In Britain, yes. And it's such a grim, zombie country that's fucking collapsing But I'm saying that the podcast awards, I mean, it's me, you, Kathy Burke, uh, Amy Gledhill and Ian Smith. I mean, that's there's no posh... Might as well be the fucking club podcast awards man you know? yeah yeah so that's it it's like when you do get nominated for something is i don't want it but then when other people do yeah. you go oh you were your posh do you know what see if you're heading to steve's house with a, a, a molotov cocktail what go back to your yeah. own house and pour it down yeah. the drain because he's actually all right <laughs> with his podcast um, <laughs> must have been jay richardson or something that picked that good good boy justin hawkins posted about the last dinner party he did a video about him did he where he said well if this is an industry plant i want the industry to plant more stuff like this um hmm. i would say though we've chatted about industry plants before uh, it's something that you, we see in comedy as well and now I, I think people think that there is this big shady sort of you know organization that sit around and they give someone the anointed finger but it doesn't really work like that what's more likely well, the actual you know story here is that an agent of some description a record producer has seen a band and realized correctly that they are perfect for the current like cultural climate climate and and so i mean what you have is is five talented attractive young women um who can play sort of fleetwood mac-esque rock music kate bushy and yeah stuff and some of the lyrics are really cool like i was listening to one of the songs and there was a wee thing and it was like uh listen to red scare and i was like wow you know we kind of mentioned yeah so, a podcast, and so but, you know a few scene right because there. of that because of it being like just very you know perfect for the current zeitgeist um everybody else who works in the same industry 
goes, oh, well, we'll get them on our thing. Oh, well, we'll get them on our thing. Well, we'll get them on our thing. And it's like the momentum just snowballs. So it's not it's not the girls' fault either. No, it's not the girls' fault. You know, and, and, and what are they going to do? They're going to say, oh, no, we haven't actually been doing the circuit, the music circuit for 10 years, so actually other people deserve it. Of course not. Of course not. No. But when you listen to it, you go, well, this is fine. This is this. Is, there's a reason that this is only fine. It's because they they haven't done all a bit, that. A bit eggy. It's a bit eggy. That's a phrase I heard. Somebody I was I was worried about doing a show, a new show at a certain date, and someone said, "Well, you don't want your your stuff to be eggy." And I was like, "Yeah, when you make a cake." And it just doesn't have long enough. And it's just a wee bit, a wee bit eggy. And I think you get that a lot with people who get pushed to the moon and then they bring their first thing out, you know? I'm so thankful that I was skint for, you know, my entire life and have never had any success because it's, you know, it's built up a callus in my Mm -hmm. skin. Much like a pastel dinata has that little scabby bit at the top and that's how I feel not a good example because pastel dinata is is very eggy incredibly eggy it's the whole idea of it perfectly it's the whole idea of it and in that sense I would say that I haven't listened to the whole album but what I've heard of Last Dinner Party I think I know what they're serving for dessert at that Last Dinner Party and it's a lovely big tree of pastel dinata the other zeitgeisty um, thing at the moment yeah so and let's just clarify, we are in a group chat with some other comedians and they did not believe that the pastor did yet. I was having a hot moment. And I think now, are you ready to apologise on their behalf? <laughs> I'm not going to speak for other people in a group chat. I don't think that's fair. Okay. Um, you know, it's not fair. It's not something I want to get involved with. <laughs> um, I, 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 out, of, out of interest, and because I thought we might cover them, we still might, I did some quick um, research to see if they were a secret posture. Now... Sicko Pasho, Sicko Sicko Pasho. You do it fast and it feels like Nacho got nobody. You've got Nacho secret Pasho. But, um, so the thing is, is that they have been asked a few times now because it has been this, like, discourse. People have said mm-hmm. to them, oh, what do you think about this industry plant or Nepo baby stuff? And they're always like, um, none of our dads have, uh, blue names on Wikipedia, you know? Yeah, which is something, I thought I invented that slagging obviously i've just picked up somewhere <laughs> yeah but it's like but then in, it, it's never followed up with my dad's a butcher it's then just like no. not not mentioned uh well that's what i mean you know obviously you know they're not nepple babies but that, that i'm just fed up of they're posh english girls 100 feet so i think most of them went to uh, i think it was king's in london um uh, which is fine that's, that's just a normal good uni but then a couple of them went to guild hall school of music and drama um, which you'll remember from the Black Country New Road episode. Um, at, like ants from up here. Yeah, so they're kind of like musical theatre freaks. Um, and actually, when listening to the album, if you've heard Black Country New Road, you can definitely hear that in it. It's, it's like Black Country New Road without... Um, the chops. Well, the they're just doing chops. something a bit different. But there is definitely... You can see... So now I'm thinking, well, maybe there's a new... Maybe there's a new industry thing going on where you have some fucking record producer who knows someone at Guildhall Drama School who's like, right, give me the next hot thing. Give me the next hot thing, yeah. you know? I don't know. Yeah. But um, anyway. And it is also just a case of a bunch of posh freaks drinking in the same bars and shagging the same people. And, you know, there's that. It's, it's just, 
it's like when we were talking about uh, Laura Marlin and Mumford and Sons and who, who was it we were talking about where all these cunts were coming up as um I can't remember it was recently it was like Mumford and Sons Laura Marlin Noah and the Whale yeah uh, and they all went to uni together and I'm just fed up at the cultural zeitgeist in this country being determined by these posh Wait, freaks do you know I mean I want other voices Leading us, not directly to this point, hopefully, I want to talk about other music that's came out recently, but one thing that's refreshing about the Smiths and Johnny Marr's career, we will be getting to Johnny yeah. Marr's we'll, 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 we'll touch that again. Um, um, eventually. But one thing that's refreshing about that is that it is proper working class music about being working class. Um, well, I mean, uh, speaking of working class musicians, Little Sims dropped an EP the other week. Um, are you a oh, fan yeah. of Little Sims? Never listened to them. Oh, I've heard them very God. good. So I first listened to Little Sims when she dropped the Grey Area a few years ago. That was another EP. Um, and can I do a wee joke? Actually, can you ask me again if I've ever heard of Little Sims? You ever heard of Little Sims? Well, I had the expansion packed Sims Unleashed. If you know what I'm saying. Sorry, um, just us doing Simlish for a bit. Uh, yeah. So um, yeah, Lil Sims dropped a new EP. She's pretty prolific, man. She she puts out stuff, and and it's always it's always of a really really high standard. She's an incredibly talented young woman. She was in Top Boy, fantastic drama show. Did mm. you watch that? <laughs> um, this is what I'm talking about. I'm not getting enough non-posh stuff in my head. I need to be hearing all about this Top. type of stuff. You need to pass on your diagram. London street knowledge to me so I think. Top Boy was a great I remember when it first came out on Channel 4 years ago maybe you don't know this mm. story because there's a there's something that you're going to really love were you in Top Boy? no I would love to be oh. um, <laughs> I, I can tell you haven't seen Top Boy if you're asking if I've been in it uh, I'm not, not sure I fit in um, okay. so there, it came out it was on Channel 4 years ago Really good show. Kano, mm-hmm. you know Kano, the, the grime artist? The oh, man. Yeah. He's fucking sick. He's in it. And uh, there was two series. And it was sort of like every now and then you'll get people say, oh, it's like the British Wire, right? It's not really. But it, it was like a cool, gritty um, gang drama that seemed a bit more based in... You could tell the people who had written it had some sort of like background in, in the gangs of London, right? Rather than a sort of... Being a roadman. Um, sure. Uh, so there was two series. I thought it was really, really good. And then a third one just never got commissioned. It never happened, right? And then uh, Canadian superstar Drake. Yeah. Running through the six with my walls. He watched the show, right? But he was mm-hmm. watching it on, like, YouTube. You know, back when YouTube had, like, <laughs> it would be like, Top Man, episode three, part one or yeah. four. He was watching it in that, and and then it finished. He was like, "Where the fuck is where? Why is it finished?" So he phoned the producers, who Whoa. then phoned Netflix, and was like, "We got to get a new series of Top Boy." <laughs> so Drake is directly responsible for Top Boy going to Netflix, and uh, I know when my hotline bling, that can only mean one thing. Drake wants to yeah be a executive so, producer on so, this project. So Lil Sims is is in that. Um, uh, my partner, who's not really a big hip hop head, um, is crazy into Little Sims. Been to see her live, 
Um, mm. We have some of her vinyls. A few people have said that she's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure what it is um, about the crossover appeal. I think, I mean, she's a very talented rapper and she draws her, uh, her inspiration beat-wise from many different things, which I think is probably interesting. Also, I mean, she doesn't have that rapping thing, uh, which is sometimes, like, there is a focus on, like, speed um and like lyrical dexterity which can can be mm. impenetrable which she doesn't really do that like she no i th- i think the slowness it's interesting though i mean because you either have to be white or slow do you know what i mean like eminem was really both, fast baby <laughs> yeah mentally i'm yeah. both um <laughs> but <laughs> that's funny um like, but yeah, I remember Danny Brown talking about Kanye West when my dark, beautiful, twisted fantasy came out, and he was like, "I'm just not into it. It's too slow." Um, and I can see why people like it because people like slow, understandable hip hop. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm a fast guy. Well, she has a new EP, so it's not a full album. It's only 15 minutes, so I didn't notice. I put it on when I was in the gym, and I ended up listening to it like three times in a row. But um, it's a be a very good entry entry point for Lil Sims. But uh, the the grey area is still my favourite of hers. Uh, that's a uh, would you like to cover Lil Sims? In an I think we should. I think we should for a number of reasons. Uh, because first off, our hip hop, um, you know, we we don't do enough hip hop. But I yeah. I imagine maybe the EP is a sort of semi tease for an album coming out later in the year. I wouldn't be surprised by that. She's done it before. Um, so yeah, I would love to cover Lil Sims. Uh, at some point, highly recommended. If you if you like me, someone who's not that much doesn't listen to as much hip hop as maybe they would like to, then um, that that would be something that I would check out as well. Um, I've also uh, oh wait I'm, I'm, what are we t- what am I talking about am I telling you I'm telling you news rather than what I've been listening to or the- do I hear what I've been in there well let's finish the news first and then I'll tell you some more stuff that I've been listening to okay okay because with, there's other music news that is exciting oh yeah new vampire weekend is uh, was new vampire was dropped this week two songs and came it's- out. Um, mm-hmm. Gen X Cops. That's such a vampy weekend name. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and what's the other one called? Um, but yeah, so that means the album's coming out uh, later this year. They'll be touring. I mean, I know you're a big Vampire Weekend head as well. Um, how are yeah. you feeling? I listened to a snippet on Instagram of the music. I haven't listened to the full song. It seems a lot noisier. Seems a lot more kind of, you know, the album covers like on a train. And you're like, whoa, these guys are in the fucking city. They're in the city. Gen X Cops, Capricorn is the one. Capricorn is like, it's more like a classic Vampire Weekend song. I think that little snippet was maybe slightly misrepresentative of what the album's going to be. Because I don't think it'll be a noise album. But the Gen X Cops thing, oh my God. It sounds, it's got this fucking insane, loud, Strokes-esque riff at the top that that sounds crazy. Um, that, now these guys, when this album comes out, we have to cover. These guys are posh little kids, aren't they? Who have been accused of cultural appropriation. Yeah, but I've, I've also heard it for their point of view, which is, well, at the time, music was the Strokes, so it was little posh guys dressed up in leather jackets pretending they were punks. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Even though punks also originally were. Well, so in, posh in, guys in that well. way, they were punks, I suppose. Yes, but then they were saying, well, we come for the exact same background as all these bands, but we are dressing in rubber shoes. <laughs> yeah, because we're being honest. And I, do, I, I don't have an issue with posh people who are like, fucking, we are posh. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's when someone tries to hide it, 
Hence, secret portion. That's interesting because about, I'm going to say, six to seven minutes ago, you were saying how tired you were of the monoculture being <laughs> run by um, posh freaks. And uh, and now now yes. with Empire Weekend, you're like, but these guys are good. Well, these guys are good because they put their first albums out when I was yeah. a little soft <laughs> monkey boy when I was 13. And uh, my band, my first band, um, we never had a name. I think we were called the Small Hands, is what I suggested we'd be called, and people went up for it. Um, we covered a punk, um, hard baseline, but I'm, I nailed it. Uh, Ezra Koenig of Vampire Weekend was spotted at a uh, Kenilworth Road. Who plays at Kenilworth Road? This is a, f- a football connection. We got a football connection. Yeah. Football connection. Kenilworth Road. Where uh, so it's not just Ezra Koenig who was there. It was interesting. So, um, Matt. In fact, you should Google Kenilworth Road right now, right? And uh, look at the homestand because me or the you so Luton Town play there, right? And uh, okay. they uh, they've been lower league for a very long time, and then they accidentally got promoted last year. Their the entrance to one of their stands is in a row of houses in London. It looks fucking crazy. Um, have Ooh. have a look. It's weird. Oh yeah, yeah. Ten meter dilemma at Kenilworth Road. So. Uh, yeah, it's just it's like a terraced block houses, and then it says Oak Stand. Yeah. It's cool, right? It's pretty cool. So um, they were playing Manchester United the other day, and the camera kept mm-hmm. going into the stand because Harry Styles was there um, watching oh. the game, presumably as a Manchester yeah. United fan. But what the camera didn't realise was that in front of him was Ezra Koenig of, of Vampire Weekend. I, I'm guessing the, the football commentators on Sky News are not, are not fans of Vampire Weekend because... <laughs> They they knew Harry Styles, but they didn't know Isochronic. That really speaks to what's wrong with Sky, particularly no. the football punditry. <laughs> like it's like, have you guys done the background work on Naughty's indie music from New York? I don't I don't think they have at all, oh. man. Because what they don't know about modern vampires of the city doesn't sound like it. Yeah. Does that doesn't sound like it. They don't listen to Ezra Koenig's podcast. I went to see Vampire Weekend at uh at Usher Hall. Oh. And um they took requests, which is very cool. You don't see bands where they do that, but they it ended by going any requests and then people just shouted their favourite Vampire Weekend songs and they played like three or four of them. It's, it's, it was really cool. Why have they not played them already? Well they can't play the well, they can't play all their songs. <laughs> Yeah, I guess actually. You know what I mean? That'd be crazy. <laughs> I had so I had I seen some people say, "Oh, Rostam." Excuse you know, me, Rostam, Rostam, Rostam. What mm-hmm. are you saying? They old, they old keyboard player, right. Rostam. But you need to, you need to you say more. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're saying. Yeah, I heard people say Rostam. Okay, <laughs> next next section, I guess. What do you mean? <laughs> Say, well, he left the band. Right. Uh, he been he left to do his own. He's done his own synth pop project that wasn't very. It didn't set the world on fire. Um, but some people were saying, "Well, this new record just goes to show uh, he was a real star behind Vampire Weekend." It's, no, on. I really liked their last album. Actually, um, I mean, look, yeah. Father it, of the is Bride. it as good as Modern Vampires? Probably not. Or Contra, which I also really love. Um, probably not. What's your favourite Vampire Weekend song? Um, I love uh, Step. Um, Every time I see you in the well, you always step to my girl. Yeah, love that. Love that. Yeah. Good stuff. 
Ariel Reichstead is the producer on that album, and he done a great job. Um, but yeah, so we might do a full Vamp Weekend album when that yeah. drops. Are you not going to ask me what my favourite Vamp nah. Weekend song is? Um, come on, because you're going to tell us anyway. So come on, then. Um, it was a diplomat sign. It was anyone. Oh, 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 oh. I think that's a cool yeah, bit. They're, they're a cool <laughs> band. They're cool guys. Um, and it was really through them that I actually first started like listening to Graceland, I think, um, mm. because of that whole discussion. Paul Simon's uh, apartheid ignoring uh, My, I music. don't know about that. That's a little bit of an unfair criticism. You know, he got... <laughs> What's the thing? The, the What was it called? The anti-apartheid movement? It was like BDS, but for... Um, it was that thing. It was it was a big deal back when. Yeah, I I think the difference is you know well, you, so you weren't supposed to play in apartheid South Africa. Queen did. Um, mm-hmm. but um, shout out, shout out to Queen. Uh, <laughs> but then they were like, "Oh, Paul Simon is breaking it." But I'm like, "Well, no, he's playing with like the artists who are being mistreated by apartheid." He's, sure. He's he, I mean, he gave Lady Blacksmith and Barzo, you know, Her a break. break. And yeah. I've always, I've always been saying, will you give Lady Blacksmith and Barzo a break? Somebody, Lady Smith, Black Mombazo, I believe. Her name what did is. I say? Something slight, similar, but Something similar but different. Something similar but different. So, did you watch? Uh, did you see the, any of the Grammys? Because I saw a lot of discourse this week about Tracy Chapman. I saw a really funny thing about Tracy Chapman, which was some right-wing freak going, do you know what's cool about Tracy Chapman? She didn't dress up for the Grammys. She just went out there in a shirt and jeans and boots. And she wasn't dolled up with makeup. She just, she was real. And then somebody was like, if you actually know anything about clothes, she was wearing a custom $3,500 Gucci Mm -hmm. shirt. But... You know, she's butch. She's like a butch gay woman. You got a fast car. You got a fast car. Also seen some mad discourse that was like, I know we don't have a podcast, but we just bring up stupid things. Well, we do this week. This is what we're doing this week. We do this week. (laughs) I I think I know the tweet that you're going to talk about where where it was just someone said that there is more heartbreak in this, the lyrics of this song than there are in most novels. That's what I saw. And I was like, wow, have you ever read a book? Um, more heartbreaking this song than the entirety of the Darren Shan vampire books, if you ask me. Um, the Darren Shan circus of evil vampire books that you got in Borders in 2007, if you were me. Yeah, I don't know what that is, but... Uh, all right, look up Darren Shan if you want. Not gonna, not gonna do that. Get, what get was the crazy thing you saw? You, you know what it is? Sorry to interrupt, but I, it's once again... It's if you only consume slop, then every now and then, when something actually good breaks through, yeah, of course you think it's the best thing that's ever existed because you all all sure. you eat is just processed slop, and then one day you're you're the fifteenth century peasant eating a Dorito, and it's fucking yeah. mind blowing. You never had E numbers yeah. before. Now you're having E numbers, okay. Now I will say yeah. that I don't think I do think Fast Car is culturally more significant than the Dorito, um, or at least I think it is. I don't like Doritos, but it's like giving a fucking 
twelve hundreds peasant a pastel de nata, you know. Yeah. I you know what? I think that probably might have happened. How old <laughs> is how old is the pastel donata? When was that invented? Dude, I think it's pretty new. Somebody told me that pizza is like only from the last hundred years and I'm like, why nobody done that until recently? That's something I heard, man. Um pastel Don't know how you feel about Donata. Um when was when did they start getting made? Ah, my theory, the 1800s. Bro. <laughs> this guy <laughs> this guy knows his pastel doniatas. Let me tell you that right now. Pastel doniata were created before the 18th century. Oh, you said in the 1800s. It's actually before the 18th century. No, but 18th is the next. Remember how we are in the 21st century right so now? Before, yeah. So it's, it's actually even more before it. God, no. <laughs> <laughs> By Catholic monks at the Hieronym the Hieronymites the Hiroshima, the Hiroshima Monastery in the civil parish of Saint Mary of Bethlehem in Lisbon. Um, so, so the seventeen hundred. So you could be a seventeen hundred peasant <laughs> and have had a pastel donata. But I, I will take those one thousand years before that. One thousand. But then I still that. think that probably would have been a mind blowing experience for you, and that yeah. would have been the equivalent of. These dum dums listening to Tracy Chapman sing with Luke Coombs. Imagine going up to imagine going up to pre Highland clearances, Highlands of Scotland, and you're in some fucking croft. And what what's that called? Uh, one of those wee places that you can sleep in if in Scotland. Oh, a, like um, a, a bothy. Imagine it's fucking one in the morning. All these cunts are sleeping in a bothy. Strangers to each other in the dark. One guy's farting. Mm. Haggis farts. You knock on the door somehow you're a time traveller from the 1700s yeah. and you have a tray of steaming pastel de straight <laughs> from a Portuguese pastry shop. Yeah. You're going to fry there, soon to be clear and And they will say stupid things like, wow, there is more flavour packed in this pastel doñata than there is the entirety of the Bible or something. And you're like, well, that's a stupid <laughs> yeah. thing to say, but of course you are a stupid person. So, and she was singing with Luke Coombs. His... <laughs> I'm going to say this, right? Coombs. Um, I don't really know much about Luke Coombs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am finding myself attaching a certain level of disdain Ooh. to anybody who thinks he's good. And I have to say, right. I, have, I haven't Fuck. heard it. I don't. I don't know it. But there is a certain type of person who seems to really love it, uh, who I think probably doesn't know what they're talking about. Can you describe that type basic. of person? Basic. I don't know who I'm just seeing about. a lot of incredibly basic, basic people. people say, mm, can't wait to see Luke Combs this weekend. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, if you like it, I'm out. Who would you say is the country equivalent to? Who else is that level of basic that you're talking about um, there? Interesting. Is he like a southern fried Harry Styles? Or is he like a... No, got the sexual dynamism. No, no, no. It's it's more. It's more like it's definitely more Boise than that. So it's not like right. Taylor basic. Boise from Boise from uh, only. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'd be more like L- Liam Liam Gallagher's uh, no Gallagher's no right. Gallagher's high okay. flying birds or something. I can't. Oh, okay. So he's like a kind of hayride version of. 
as I said, this is really quite ludicrous of me to give such a hot take when I, I can't be clearer. I have not listened to it. But from the type of person who seems to like him, there's a type of person who looks at transmit lineup and go, wow, they've done it again. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine taking some pasta dunyatas down to transmit and blowing some <laughs> Fucking hell, man. That's fucking nice. <laughs> I seen that in Nando's, but I thought, fuck that, man. That's fucking, <laughs> no, that's fucking shit, man. Listen, if there's, if there's one thing... I hangs my dad there. There's one thing transmit needs less of. It's natties. I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what the, the the thing I seen about um, Tracy Chapman was um, somebody was saying, uh, "Wow, fast car!" <sighs> Just goes to show you what materialism oh, has fuck. done. That she wants a nice fast car, <laughs> and it's like, what are you oh talking? She, what, what, where's the story in fast car? It's like a woman who had a she was at university and dropped out to look after her. Yeah, they're from they're, boyfriend they're the who doesn't have a job. And, like things are getting really, really tough, and then like she's like, let's just fucking let's just run away. Let's just get out. Let's just get out. Yeah, and we've got each other, and that's what we need. Mm. It's beautiful. Um, it's like an epic gay anthem of escape. Yeah. And people are like, wow, she just wants a oh. Ferrari. Interesting. So you want a Lambo? Mm. Uh, you got a I fucking want to drive a Lambo for the person who tweeted that's head. It is a beautiful song, but like, calm down. It's an incredible song. It's just one of those perfect... 10 out of 10 songs that just speaks Speak to people. Speaking of Luke Combs, there's been a bit of country news as well in that it feels like the... I, you, I actually feel like maybe the rise of your, your Luke Combs and your, your Goth Crooks. Goth Crooks? Goth Crooks? Goth Who's Brooks? Goth Crooks? I think he's a footballer. Goth Crooks doesn't exist. He does exist. exist. I think he's... Wait, I think I fucked him. Goth Crooks is like an evil <laughs> robber version of Goth Brooks. Goth Crooks is an English football player. Pundit and former professional player. He played for Stoke City, Tottenham Hotspur. He's a piece of TV pundit. <laughs> right, okay. Fuck's sake. Yeah. I think the rise of Luke Combs and Garth Crooks together, that to me is just an interwoven lattice of culture. Fuck, man. I can't believe. Oh, there's, there's a. Uh, whoever knows who he is is listening to this and they're having a real good chuckle right now. Let me tell you how, at, at that. Uh, at that at that mess up. That's a classic right there. Um, Garth Brooks. Garth Crooks, if you're listening, get in touch. We'll work something if, out. If Garth Crooks is listening, he's having the same uh, experience I had when I was walking home from the stand the other night. And <laughs> he did not expect to be spoken about, and here he is. No, Garth, Garth, the rise of Luke Coombs and Garth Brooks and etc., uh, uh, etc. Et I think you've got the wrong person. Garth Brooks has been... He was huge in the 90s. He's like 70 now. He released his last oh. album exclusively in fishing shops, like bass <laughs> right, fishing shops. Right. You could only buy his new record as a box set with like tackle. Who is the guy? Who? Um, Zach Bryan, you're thinking of? No. Who's a giant country star who he, he played in Ireland in Crow Park and like sold out? Oh, I was there. I wasn't at the mm. gig. Um, that was no, that was Garth Brooks. Right, yeah. that's who I mean. Uh, right, yeah, but he's fucking. He's been gone for ages. Yeah, okay, but uh, I, I guess what I, what I'm trying to say is is that there has been a sort of um, industry pivot to country that has been maybe manufactured a little bit because it's like, hey, this is remember when everyone was doing dubstep? Well, now everyone's going to do country for a bit. <laughs> do you know? Obviously, I've Britney been Spears did a dubstep recently. album. Corn did a dubstep album, and now. Britney Spears done a dubstep album before Burial. As and we both know. so now Lana 
and Beyonce are releasing country tracks. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, there is... there. And you think that's going to be the first one? Of course not. Taylor obviously has a, a country background, as does Miley. Um, yeah. I was last night discussing C-Mat uh, down the pub, as you were, you yeah. know, uh, with C-Mat. Not with C-Mat, just, I just discussing I was just C-Mat down the pub some... with C-Mat last night. I was actually just down the pub discussing I was down C-Mat the pub with recently. Beer Mat last night. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, I was and somebody was like, I just think she's too country. She's got too much twang in her to really be a megastar. And I was like, the biggest pop star in the world is Taylor Swift. Yeah. And Lana Del Rey's putting out Lasso. Beyonce's putting out. She's things. putting out. It's, um, it's I, a soundtrack I, to Ted Lasso that she's making. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, her album is also going to get incredibly shite in series two. Mm. Um, Nick Muhammad? Why did they make Nick Muhammad's character evil? Not shitting on Nick Muhammad, fellow Chorto award nominee, Nick Muhammad. Yeah, not shitting on him guy. at all. Very funny performer, great comedian. But why did they make him evil? Well, uh, do, you, do you want to know why? Yeah. Um, when the first series of Ted Lasso, the whole arc throughout the series is this guy's really annoying because he's so nice and everyone around him is like really cynical and they're driven by other things other than just being nice and then slowly the joy of the series is watching ted change all of these people all these change uh, all these people change um despite themselves and and then achieve the results that, that that Ted can get. Once you've got to that point, everybody's just nice. So that yeah. and then there's no conflict. So there's no there's nothing to do. So you have to have uh, so somebody change or someone new come in to introduce conflict to, so that the, the drama happens. And the, the problem was is that it, no one you can't really buy it after that. Although plenty of people did because as we've discussed earlier in this episode, most people are idiots. Yeah, big slop hungry freaks out there um well obviously i've been getting into country recently um my cowboy hat is somewhere around me um and i've been listening to playing guitar and you've been you've been listening to playing guitar yeah i've been listening to playing guitar i got a hank williams sort of thing that people someone who has a music podcast might say i've been listening to playing guitar what (laughs) yeah i've been listening to forward slash playing guitar Oh, oh! You've um, been playing guitar, is what you're trying to say? Yeah. Jesus Christ! I thought you meant you were listening to a guitar album. Hayden Pedigo. <laughs> well, I, oh, I do. I love Hayden Pedigo. Yeah. Who's on tour in Europe right now? Yeah. Um, Zurich. Playing the play, He's playing Zurich. <laughs> I'd imagine he's he's playing Porto. He's playing Athens. Um. Uh. God. Anyway, do you know? Have I, have I let you in on my theory as to why the world is shifting to the cowboy aesthetic? Please, I mean, I've got a cowboy tattoo recently, so you're not wrong. Listen, this is a little bit of what's known as being really clever or hearing something on a podcast and then repeating it as if I've said yep. it. Hopefully, now other people can hear me say it and they repeat it and they say it's mm-hmm. smart. During times of financial hardship, people retreat towards traditional modes of masculinity. This is why during the financial crash of the noughties, everybody started wearing flannel shirts and started, uh, you know, 
oh. jam jars and stuff. You know, it was it was a retreat to authenticity. It was a retreat to like old school shit because, you know, when you live in this world which is so fucked right now, especially in Britain, do you know what I mean? Our country is fried, mm. man. Uh, like there's no stability. It's hard to get on the housing market. It's hard to have kids. It's hard to fucking get out of bed in the morning because it's so depressing. You need these building blocks of masculinity and that's what tread uh, tread country gives people is people see the cowboy hat and they go I know what that means so um, you be a good person you're a male to follow this theory you're through tough. to its natural end at some point there'll be a recession and you know you will see like caveman core you know uh, that's what I'm banking you, on yeah people wearing loincloths and calling each other ugh <laughs> I think that that will. I've started collecting bones. Yep. So Doing that cave when paintings the time in, comes in, in feces on the walls. <laughs> Me and Liam are going to Portugal <laughs> to go to the ancient caves and do some paintings on the walls of <laughs> shit. And I'm so excited. When the doctors ask us what's going on, we say this is actually a reaction to the world. <laughs> we are reclaiming <laughs> traditional forms of. Masculinity. Now, if you could leave me and my friend alone, we need to go and hunt a leopard to eat for dinner. Well, I can't actually wait to get to the point where traditional masculinity, in between cowboys and cavemen, when are we going to get to like feudal knights? Yeah, that's cool. I want to be a fuck. I want chainmail. Can't wait to turn on ASOS and see like a a chainmail vest (laughs) being worn by someone. (laughs) Who you can see is... I think that's going to happen. You think chainmail vest is... is... I think chainmail's going to come into fashion, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? Uh, who fucking knows? Talking about, well, well uh, Beyonce and Lionel Del Rey are both coming with country records. And I'm, I'm excited. And I think, honestly, I think the cultural pivot was Old Town Road by Lil Nas X. Yeah. Now there's it. That was the first time I was like, oh, kind of talking about cowboy yeah. shit, man. Love that guy. He's he's very funny. I'm gonna take my horse to the old town road. I'm gonna ride till I can. What no accent more. are you doing? You're like that was like kind of cowboy. No, that was like Welsh. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> what is a Welsh accent? Well, what you just did it was really bizarre. I don't know what you were doing. <laughs> well, listen back. Um, sorry. So Garth Crooks was born in Stoke-on-Trent. It's of Jamaican descent. Um, no he progressed sure. through the youth ranks of Stoke City before signing a professional contract in 1976. Made his debut at home to Coventry City. Uh, becoming the first black player to play for Stoke since Roy Brown in the 1940s. So uh, that's a Garth Crooks update for you there. Um, <laughs> how long have we been talking? Let's have a quick chat uh, on some of the stuff I've been listening to recently. And uh, and, and then that's us. So, um, I, you know, I keep an eye on what's coming out and try and listen to some new stuff that... You know, maybe I haven't heard of, and uh, I tell you what I listened to recently that is actually I think brings up something interesting. Uh, I I I saw a sort of glowing review of a band called Crawlers. Uh, you heard this? Oh yeah, yeah. I was following them on Instagram today. I was just scrolling, so, and I must have been a BBC Radio Six. Here's what's interesting, thing. right? I just saw a review, and and I actually just saw like the stars or the number. And I, I saw it described as like, you know, 
mod rock or rock and roll or something. So I, yeah. that's all I needed. I just went, well, I'm looking for a band. I put that on. So I didn't know what they looked like. I didn't know what the sound was supposed to be. I put it on. Yeah. And it was, I thought it was quite good. It was like, uh, she, uh, she had this, the lead has a really great voice. Um, and this, it is like sort of a bit sort of gothic rock, but not that much. It's just like a sort of heavier indie band. Mm-hmm. I thought these guys are quite good. Then I looked them up. And I think it's interesting how the aesthetics of a band dictate so much about their audience and their who they're marketed to and and whether or what you like about them. Because mm-hmm. they're a, like a emo kind of looking band. They're, they're wearing like their dresses. They wear steampunk clothes. <laughs> the woman's wearing like a <laughs> top hat and these goggles. <laughs> And they wow. look like they hang out at CEX on a Sunday. Yeah, that would be a, no offense. What I know about you, that would be an issue for I, you. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this is why I bring it up because I'm questioning. I'm, I'm like, well, I like I liked the music, but I think it's interesting that it's like you. If you saw them, it's, the music that they're making is not necessarily what you would think they would make it. You would think it'd be much. Are they ironically embracing the steampunk aesthetic to go? You know, for a photo shoot, is how funny it is with steampunk. I mean... Or are they genuinely at the steampunk cafe next to where Jesper used to be? Well, you know, you know, I don't really know. I think they are quite pop-punky. And maybe it's just in mm-hmm. this one video that they're, they've gone for steam a steampunk vibe. And now I totally misread it. But no, I look at them and they look they look a lot more like Paramore. Eh. They look like goths. They look like goths. Coburn Street goths yeah they look like coburn street goths which i was not expecting based on the music because i don't think hmm. the music is that gothy really mm. and it reminds me of the discussion we had about my chemical romance when i you know where i said correctly that they were emo and you disagreed um <sighs> and it's just interesting that garth crooks is he emo? <laughs> <laughs> um but the album is 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 great i i i enjoyed it i would recommend it um it is called um the mess we seem to make uh, and they had this huge hit called uh come over again uh-huh. which uh i mean basically i think is the reason they got signed it got like five million plays because it was like a big tiktok song right like okay. phenomenon now basically much like a comedian you can go viral off mm. uh and then you, th- that can launch launch a career um but no, they're good. I was listening to that whilst I was uh, traveling around. Um, and I also listened to uh, Sprints. I think we spoke about that. You're a big Sprints head. Yeah, you like that Irish post-punk. Irish post-punk vibe. band. Different than Fontaine's DC in the murder capital in that they have a woman. Uh-huh. Very interesting stuff. Pretty good for Ireland. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh I love Ireland, right? But it, 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 you know, people. Some people act as if it's like perfect, and you're like, it was. It was a theocracy, and there was a theocracy. Do you know what I mean? So, it's, yeah, it's I was just saying that down at the pub last night uh, <laughs> <laughs> to see Matt. <laughs> to, to, to see that. Well, I'm gonna say that to see Matt with Bob Matt. Uh, <laughs> 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 
Um, and Brittany Howard's new record as well I listened to, which is really cool. Kind of like psychedelic Oh, soul. she was in the Al- Alabama, Alabama Shakes, Shakes, wasn't she? Yeah, this yeah. is her. Her last two records have been absolute bangers. This is a solo album, uh, and it's, it's really good. It's really fun, um, and uh, she's great. I would like to maybe cover that as a full episode or any of these so far. But um, just in terms of my... These are like three... Um, hey, if you're looking for new music, these have the these have the enjoying album stamp of approval as far as I'm concerned. Okay, I'm gonna hit you with some 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 albums. Uh very much on that fucking C Matt forward slash last dinner party forward slash sprints forward slash crawlers vibe. Vibe uh, Vi- Vibe All these artists <laughs> releasing vapes? Uh, they all have signature vape flavours that are available wow. on the Lost Mary brand. Okay. Uh, no, there was a band I was listening to on Six Music called New Dad. Oh, I listened to them this morning um, because they came up on my day mm. list. Uh, and uh, I, I was I was I was in the gym working out. Was something I do. I'm you know don't want to make a big oh, okay, make, cool. make a big nice. deal out of it. Uh, and uh, I was lifting something heavy. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I was. What happened to you lifting a fucking heavy metal? Oh, now you're lifting weights to teenage fucking buzz bands from ireland well uh i actually li- tried to mix it up a bit so i i just put my day list today at the gym and uh it, it was uh it was like an indie mix and it had new dad mm. on and i thought that's quite a funny band name as well that kind of fits in a bit with like your personal trainer sports and team teacher and sports team and all that is there a band called personal trainer yes personal trainer is a band very funny name for a band i think uh it's hard to google yeah, it's, uh, I'd imagine a lot of personal trainers asking you to, you know, text dinner plan to me for this amount of money or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, no, I, I liked the song. I thought this, but this, this is good. New Dad. Um, you've listened to their album, have you? Yeah, honestly, I like them because I seen them cover uh, the Cure for like a radio station or something, and they done a really good cover of the Cure. I was like, these guys are great. It's just a wee bit. Not going to use the term industry plant because that has sexist connotation. Mm. Uh, but I was, I was reading the Apple Music and one of them was like, yeah, no, we... This Irish band. It reminded me of something CMAT said where she was defending Last Dinner Party and she said that, um, you know, it's interesting. I think they're getting accused of being a, 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 an industry plant because they're posh and English. Whereas... Nobody ever accuses Irish bands of being industry plant because there is a Anglo-centric, hibernophobic <laughs> fucking impulse where you think, well, there's no way anybody Irish could ever be posh because they're all rolling around in the mud over mm. there as if, you know, fucking Trinity University mm-hmm. and, and D4 and all this shit doesn't exist. Obviously, you have posh West Brit fucking uh, Irish posh people. And just the idea of a new band of teenagers making posh punk, posh, posh punk, posh punk, <laughs> posh post punk, and like they're having like you know songwriters teaming up with songwriters who work with Ed Sheeran and Lana Del Rey mm-hmm. for this new band. They're like, see if you're a teenager, I just want to hear you, Raleigh, put it out. It just felt a bit micromanaged, and maybe that's just what music's like these days. But it made me sad. Oh, okay. Well. I won't investigate them further then, I guess. No, I no, I do. Song. I mean, I get, I, I've been writing little reviews on my phone. I was going to share them on the Enjoying Album Patreon, but I wasn't sure. Uh, I didn't want to step on anybody's toes. My toes um, remain unstepped. If you'd like to <laughs> contribute to the Patreon, then that's fantastic. 
here's a here's a wee line. It said, "Hopefully the wet Warner Brothers accoutrements ring are written ballads and an absence of anything frightening or mad get washed away by the second album." But I fear not. Very florid prose mm. coming out of yeah, me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Unhinged <laughs> notes at review of the week. <laughs> Do I hear a, a more? This one got a 7.5. This was clandestine transcendence by Lord Dying. Kind of Lamb of God style vocals, progressive sludge metal, um, not much of an X factor. It was kind of, oh, this is so stupid to say. Yeah. But see if you're in a progressive sludge metal, (laughs) it was a bit middle of the road. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you're middle of the road sludge metal. It, of all the progressive sludge metal bands I've been listening to, they didn't really have anything that kind of stood yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's sludge and then there's sludge, you know? That's what I've always said. Yeah. But comp- it's produced by Cut Blue, who's in Converge and stuff, and um, perfectly cromulent, I've wrote here. Perfectly cromulent. Yeah, and I've said that uh, Daddy needy the clean drinky. vocals are a bit flat without properly leaning into the camp Dracula pomposity required. I need I need some kind of music podcast to say this stuff because I'm reading this out loud and I'm like, what am I on, man? So, well, speaking of music podcast, I think we should just uh, wrap up very briefly by um, telling listeners what is coming up. Um, we are launching uh, Johnny March, which is starting in March. Actually, it's going to end in April now. Um, we are doing a... S- All right, mate. I came down to the studio <laughs> to, to just have a few words. It's me, John. Oh, we, we're not recording. Oh, we're, 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 we're not recording we're video, we're. video, but for the audio listener, which will be all listeners, um, Christopher is <laughs> holding the Johnny Marr biography to the camera and, and sort of wiggling a bit and then doing his voice. Um, or I say his voice, a, a, a generic Mancunian accent. A weird scouse voice yeah. when he's not from Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that book looks remarkably mm. unread. Just fresh out the post. I've got another book coming called Mars Guitars. Um, where... I watched um, I watched Mars Attacks last night, so that's my bit. That's been my preparation. Imagine that Johnny Mars attack where um, a hundred Johnny Mars come down for space and fucking invade America. That would be class. So we're doing uh, a, a series of Johnny Mar adjacent uh, bands. So we're going to do uh, the live show um, on the 17th of March. We're going to be covering uh, the Meet His Murder, I think. At the live show, Glee Club, Glasgow, we are covering Meet His Murder. Just listen to it today. Mm. Uh, not for the first time. This is a, a life-defining record for me. Um, Meet His Murder. Um, I can't wait to so, fucking do that in the Glee. That's going to be shit. And so, uh, but we're not going to be covering uh, Smith's albums all month. We're going to uh, talk about The Cribs. They had a collab with uh, Johnny Marr. I think it's Men's Needs, Women's Needs. Whatever. Whatever. What? <laughs> it's the name what? of that album. Yeah. Ever. Um, Ever. Also, you Ever. tell me it had something to do with the uh, Inception soundtrack. Hans Zimmer and Johnny Mars collaborated on the Inception soundtrack. So we are doing Men's Needs, Women's Needs, Whatever by The Cribs featuring Johnny Mars. We are doing the Inception soundtrack by Hans Zimmer and uh, Christopher uh, Nolan featuring Johnny Mars. And we are doing Modest Mouse, the the ships. We were dead before the ship even sank. And we are doing the Smiths, um, Meet His Mother. And this episode kind of functions as an introduction to... (laughs) 
Johnny March, which I'm so excited to yes. do. Yes, so uh, that's going to be really exciting. We get to speak about Johnny Marr for a whole month, but in a way that makes each episode individual and different. Um, I'm really excited about this series. I think it's going to be really great. What does... What does Johnny Marr mean to you? Well, the Smiths were a very important band to me. And uh, Morrissey mm. has uh, fucked it um, by continuing to be uh, a weird old cunt all the time. Um, whereas Johnny Marr <laughs> has remained cool. And, you know, yeah. post-Smith's done all these in- incredible projects that you've just listed, uh, as well as more. Um I mean, we're not even scratching the surface. We could do a Johnny March 2025, 2026. Maybe we will. Maybe we will. Um, maybe maybe we will. we'll be dead by then. If we're still maybe alive I'll have a robot yeah, think... ass by then. Who knows? Um... <laughs> maybe a Beavis and Butt problems will be Beavis and Butt dead. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm hoping to learn a lot more about the man. Um, that is yeah. that is Johnny Marr and uh, D Morrissey, my uh, my Smiths knowledge a bit. Um, although he will obviously come up, especially at the live show. Um, are you hoping to get anything in particular out of him? I mean, you've already bought you've already bought these books. Bought a book. Um, I think I have. Meet his mother. I think I bought it on on record recently. Um, so I've got that on vinyl. Can't wait to fucking blast that. No, it's not. I got Strange Ways. Here we come on vinyl. I'll have to find them. Meet his mother. Record. Um, and we can, yeah. No, I'm I'm so excited. I just the music of the Smiths and Johnny Marr's guitar playing. It's like I'm a guitar player. Do you know what I mean? I'm playing, listening to guitar all the time, not just country music. Um, I'm playing, listening to uh, Johnny Marr's guitar, and I've never been able to play like him. Like I just think he's such a stylist and such a fucking incredible guy. Like what I will try and like my thing about my hot take on Johnny Marr it's not even a hot take it's just something I noticed is that he is the ultimate side man mm. and he needs a strong uh, like front man front man yeah to like base it around he's, he's um, a he's a squidward and he needs a spongebob don't wow. we all don't wait bloody uh, I would say also preliminarily listen if you listen to this I would say check out the Blaine Boy interview with Johnny Marr live in Manchester from a couple of months ago honestly just thrilling um, and that, that's that's really what got me fucking revved up to talk about Johnny Marr for a whole month fantastic well I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to it as well I'm really looking forward to the live show can't wait for that um, I've, I've really enjoyed this uh, this uh, enjoying our After Dark episode tonight it may return at some point later in the year um, when both of our respective lives are turned upside down by the touring schedules of being a, a, a club comedian, one of the one, Listen, one of the best club comedians in the thanks country. Thanks very much. Um, and uh, <laughs> oh, you meant you you meant yourself. Okay. Uh, Are we still firebombing Steve Bennett's house? Or is that not? Happening? I have nothing to do with that. Um, for right. for, a, for okay. a legal standpoint, I just want to make a draw a line. No, in I have nothing to do with it either. <laughs> We're not filming the episode, so uh, oh. that wink will go un. Uh, <laughs> it's not, uh, Unrecorded, an unrecorded, <laughs> the unrecorded uh, wink, um, the new album from the smile. Um, it, uh, <laughs> well, I, I hope you've enjoyed this uh, this episode. Uh, I've certainly have, uh, and was. We'll... If you're going to comment in the comments and moan about it not being a real episode, um, before you do that, shut yeah, up. If you could, I don't if you care. Could shut the fuck up um, for once. <laughs> 
please. If you enjoyed it, that's class. Please yeah, let please, us know. Please do and, say uh, that. If you have any. Um, okay, right. Um, <laughs> have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next time for the beginning of Johnny March. Love you, bye. Johnny March, it comes sooner every year. <laughs>